Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And on today's show, we have Chris Chu. Hi, Chris. Hey, good morning, everyone. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thanks so good, much for good. joining us. Um, we have a lot we want to talk to you about before we get into all that fun stuff. Do you mind giving our listeners uh, a background on who you are and how you get into photography? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Chris Chu. I'm from the Bay Area, specifically from a little town called Daly City. And uh, I got into photography like back in 2010. Uh, the short story is uh, it was a Chinese New Year dinner and uh, my relatives always show off like the tech of the year when the yeah. iPhone came out. It was an uncle who had that. And then in 2010, it was uh, my cousin Tony who had, I think, his first Canon DSLR. I still can't remember what it was exactly, but he took a photo of me and then he showed me the depth of field effect where I'm in focus on the background. Oh, is yeah. It? Oh, and yeah. instantly, like from then, it was love at first sight. Uh, I saved up all of my money from like random day camp jobs, uh, random like errand runs and all that jazz. And then uh, I bought my first little pocket point and shoot, photographed everything in high school for like, I think, two and a half years before I got my first dslr and the rest was history yeah. yeah oh man okay so that was the short story the short version yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did uh so when did, when did it all start happening for like the cha- like the channel and i know you've like recently found film right talk us through that yeah uh so the channel started in march 2020 at the very early days of the lockdown because i used to be a wedding photographer uh i think at this point in 2020 i've been uh professional wedding photographer for four years oh how was that oh my god i'm glad i retired (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's like it's like i i also was a professional wedding photographer for oh yeah like six years i also feel good at and i'll I'll take them here and there for other people but yeah i feel you (laughs) of course yeah like it's it's definitely like built for certain people and Uh uh, the average career span of a wedding photographer or videographer from what i've heard is five years so you and oh, I wow. both made it past the Look average. So we're so we're pretty cool kids for doing that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, 2020 was looking to be like a pretty big year because I've been uh, like, this is my second uh, year of doing full-time photography. So 2020 was looking up to be like a really big year and then lockdown happened. And then I saw all of my deposits for that year or a lot of uh, my deposits yeah. that year like get rescinded. So I lost yeah. 27 mm. grand in two days. Yeah. And that was a very like, you know, not so comfortable moment for anybody. Something similar happened to me. I had just like booked this like ongoing gig with a school. Like the week of the lockdown was I was supposed to go in for, for I was supposed to do like monthly social media photos for them for like a pretty mm-hmm. good rate. And like the week I was supposed to do an event and do my first like month there. And it was like that two days before, like they're like, hey, we're uh, shutting down. And then it's and then it's disappeared. Like I never was able to get oh, that. Jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I feel, it, <laughs> feel you there too. <laughs> yeah. The feeling to see all of that money evaporate is like one of the most sobering moments ever. Yeah. It was like, oh gosh, like I what bet. now? And that's when the channel started because I've always uh, considered uh, either teaching workshops for mm. photography because at that point I've been doing photography for 10 years and now I'm at like 12 and a half right. or about to be 13. And um, 
I was like, oh, you know, like sharing uh, all the things that I've learned would be cool. And like maybe helping someone in their like wedding business would be cool. But specifically in lockdown, I'm like, well, we can't photograph anybody. So I don't want to teach any of that. Yeah. And then that was when I was like, okay, maybe uh, photographers can practice photographing themselves because we are all notoriously awkward and terrible in front of the lens <laughs> as opposed to behind it. And then that was when uh, things just blew up. And it was a really funny moment because I was uh, recording all of this in my parents' home and uh <laughs> they were just like hearing me like make a lot of noise in my yeah. room and uh -huh. like they, they, they didn't really know what was going on my parents love watching youtube they were watching a lot of van life people and camping oh, hiking cool. folks on youtube at this point and then all of a sudden my video popped up on the recommended no way and they were like what the heck up. is this and then oh. when they were uh watching my first self-portrait video the first one that blew up I heard it from the living room in my room and I like ran outside. I'm like, oh my God, what are you guys watching? And they're like, Christopher, you've been making videos in our home. And then like, and stuff like that. And then, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was how the channel started. Man. I love it. Yeah. That's, I didn't realize how new your channel was. I did not realize that you're really taken off in the last couple of years, man. Yeah. Oh, thanks. It feels like I've been doing it for a really long time. Really? Really? Yeah. Like it's been like two and a half years. And I think in the YouTube game, that might be considered a long time, Yeah. but it's not like considered like, well, I mean like nothing like Marquez Brown where he's been doing it for right, like 10 right, right. plus yeah, years. Yeah, so yeah. two and a half years doesn't seem that long, but to me it does. Awesome. So I know you, you do a lot of teaching on the channel is there any are so now that we're out of the the scary part of covid do you, mm -hmm. do you see yourself like doing like a workshop like in person or anything like that because i think you're very good i watch your channel sometimes when i'm like i need to <laughs> brush up on some stuff like i want to know <laughs> like i was watching your channel today and i was like i love how educational it is whether you're talking about like tech stuff on the camera or like tips and tricks like i think it would be cool to like be able to come to something in person what are your thoughts on that yeah i think i've always considered doing in-person stuff again the first time i've ever done it was for my friends back in the bay and the first time i taught about portrait photography like 25 people showed up and that wow. was a really fun day that's a lot it was it was a lot like it was a whole <laughs> yeah. endeavor like i had to like plan a really workshop <laughs> and it worked out it worked out pretty good it was like a four to five hour thing because i brought along friends who would be subjects i had my uh, 20 or so friends be photographers and then uh, at the end I taught them how I would personally edit and they kind of like put their own spin on that uh, but now cool. like after kind of establishing some kind of educational uh -huh. background or educator background put that in air quotes for people who don't know but uh, <laughs> I don't know like uh, teaching in person is always going to be like a great thing that I could do yeah. but I just see a lot of merit to do it online because it can reach a lot of people I'm yeah. not really sure if what I do now, which is like more doc work can be taught that well now, because I'm in the very infant stages of doing that. If someone right. were to ask me about portraiture, yeah, I could teach that. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I would always consider an opportunity if it were to like uh, show up on my table. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's always such a good way to to break or to, to, to start a YouTube channel or, you know, they always say that who wants to watch somebody's daily vlog when they, you know, yeah. when it's just their average, we're going to the grocery store, we're going to the mm -hmm. this, we're going to right. that. They always suggest that, you know, you kind of bring something to the table that you're good at and that you know that showing tips and tricks of photography or showing this and that always brings people to your channel. And then you can start to 
kind of unwind. And I, I've noticed that. Like, I love my favorite video of yours is the half frame camera where you just you guys are like <laughs> passing the camera around. It's like, all right, you're going to do these shots. You're going to do these shots. And I'm like, dude, that is such a good idea. Like, mm. what a fun video that was. And it's just cool. It's cool to see your channel growth because I remember I, I trying to think of when I found it. It was definitely like, I don't know, a year ago or something like that. It was when you got your like, a, like, is, was the M6 worth it kind of video? Oh, like all this yeah. stuff. That, yeah. Because, you know, we all love, we're, we're like a heads. We love yeah. these like a camera. I'll mm -hmm. watch anything that has that red dot in it. Right. And I'm just like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And you, I mean, just hit on some great points, just a good video. You know what I mean? Like just good oh. stuff. Yeah, my experience yeah. with that M6, the the whole like six and a half or six month repair for a thousand dollars cost situation, that was right. a rough one. That mm -hmm. was extremely rough. But yeah, like going back to what you said earlier, yeah, like uh, compared to like people who usually want to like resort to daily flow, oh not resort, uh, they they want to do vlogs first before they mm -hmm. find something. Yeah, for me, like I always wanted to, yeah, like provide value. Because I know my life is really not that interesting from a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't, I, I can't, I can't be like one of those like, really cool, really, <laughs> I can't, like, those really cool people on the platform. So I try to like combine um, principles of like, yeah, like uh, providing value for someone and not waste their time. Because one of the biggest irks that I had with um, some like uh, teachers, like during 2017, 2018, uh, YouTube photography was that. If they were trying to teach you five things, they vlog in between it yeah. of like yeah. them going yeah. somewhere. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I don't yeah. care that you're going to go get pizza right now. Uh -huh. So like, uh -huh. I wanted to teach it very efficiently, but also like in a way where I'm like speaking to you like a friend, not like, oh, uh, I'm going to read bullet points and you're going to follow along. I wanted to make it very personal. Fun fact, actually, I don't script any of my videos. Like Whoa. it's all off the top of the dome. So wow. if you ever see the raw recording of anything, I stutter like crazy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but I like, I love to have like my actual regular intonation and my regular uh, pacing and cadence to reach you so that you feel yeah. like, oh, okay. Like I, I'm like being uh, spoken with, not talked to. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And the last chair on top would be, I didn't want to be a gatekeeper because I've had so many mm. experiences of that. Like when I was starting out with photography. So there are like videos out there uh, on my channel where I like talk about uh, an approximate number um, that I've made through photography and how one could achieve that and like actual practical things that I've done that have worked for me. But, you know, also putting a disclaimer that it might not work for you. It's yeah. it's just like my or part of my passion to make a lot of these things accessible, kind of like uh, the, the, the half frame camera. Uh, just to show that like, oh, film photography can be shared among your friends. It doesn't yeah. always have to be like we like a Leica or something like that. Yeah, so, uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so is the Leica, what made you want to try, like get your feet wet with film? Was it, were you just like, I'm going to go all in and get the Leica first? Or did you, did you try other things or like, what was that like? Yeah, great question. Uh, I got into uh, film because of uh, an old buddy of mine from way back when, and he was doing it for a while. And uh, I saw like a photo that he took of me and i'm like oh my gosh how did you get yeah, that exposure right. to like how'd you get the how'd you get the sky the shadows and all that stuff to look so uh -huh. cool i'm like i can't uh, get that so yeah, naturally yeah, yeah. on my r5 and then right. uh, we were just uh <laughs> we were just kind of talking about that and then uh the first 35 mil camera i got was the canon p and uh, mm. i got oh, it with the camera. Uh, shueto camera of uh, black paint look but it, oh, it was wow. man the black paint crumbled so fast it was so oh, sad no. but anyways it was it was really fun to get back into it because i learned photography through film back in 2012 through a high school class and that was fun we had the whole darkroom experience all that jazz. Oh, I was great. terrible awesome. at it so <laughs> bad but it was still fun and um yeah so it went from the canopy 
to the Pentax X45 to the RB67 Pro SD. And that I, I, I stayed on that for a long time because I still and back then loved yeah, 6.7 yeah. format. It's just yeah. awesome. Beautiful. Life looks way yeah. better through ground glass. We can all agree with that. Yep. We, mm. we could live in that chamber. It'd be a miracle. But, <laughs> um, and then the M6 came after the RB. Oh, actually, no, no, no. I had a Bessa R2A first. Uh. And that was a really fun camera. But the thing that, I mean, that camera like is a, is a like just packed with features. The light meter is insane. It's awesome. Mm. And, uh, the reason why I changed was when I started to dabble in street photography, the shutter was so loud on that camera that people would yeah, oh. always like look back towards me. Oh, and well. I, would immediately, <laughs> I would immediately start having anxiety. And I'm like, yeah. uh-huh. I, can't, I can't do this. So with the uh, M, it was a lot quieter. And yeah, I've gone unnoticed like very, I mean, uh, much more often. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, they're so quiet. It's so mm. so quiet, and it looks mm. so beautiful. It is anywhere. What What do you think about the re-release? Speaking of Leica, oh, great question. I got some opinions <laughs> about that. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. We're gonna get into some takes. So the <laughs> so the M6 uh, re-release was that was kind of a surprise because I saw rumors that they'd make uh-huh. something affordable and accessible to people. It's accessible to people because they're gonna constantly make it. There's no limited run. Uh, yeah, but I heard great. they are going to make a 500-piece yeah. limited run, something like that. I'm glad that they brought it back in brass. like yeah. to, Because like after the what M4, they stopped making it in brass. They made yeah. it in sync or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I really actually like heavy cameras, like the RZ. Yeah, especially because it, yeah, it, feels, it feels more... Yeah, it uh, feels great. Like substantial. Substantial. Yeah. Thank you. That's the word. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's nice to know that like your uh, camera feels durable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a, it's a personal preference, of course. It varies per, case by case, so that's cool. But if we're gonna be real, right, here it comes. If we're gonna be real, it is for sure an MP reskin. It is li- mm. literally like the MP. Huh. They smacked on M6 branding on it, so it kind of like you know attracts the people who are M6 fans. The price point is a little bit ridiculous. It's kind of a joke, but you know, to each his own. I even considered getting it because I was like, uh, maybe I kind of want a mint M6 for when like my two M6s die. But yes, go, uh-huh. go, go. I will say, I say, I mean, the price is kind of, I mean, it makes sense. The price is, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. To, I wasn't expecting it to be like, you know, $1,200. You know what oh, I mean? Yes, like, it wasn't going to be like what it was yeah. back in the 80s or 90s for but, sure. But you think about the price what it, when, when it was then with inflation, that's what it would cost now. Oh, like is that right? Sa- I, I, I didn't same. do the inflation calculator. Yeah, so it's like yeah. technically the same price. Mm, okay, okay. So with that in but mind, I, but I, but I understand it's it's rough. It's like it hurts because we it, all it, want it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a a, a self contradicting thing. Kind of like um, I don't know if you guys remember when the uh, Apple XDR display was released. Yeah, they kind of botched it in the way that they announced it, where there's like this is a five thousand dollar monitor. But if you want it oh, with a stand, it's six thousand yeah, yeah, dollars. Yeah, so like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, what the heck yeah, are yeah. they doing? So yeah. with the M6, they're like, we are going to make film a lot more accessible. Yeah. For fifty five hundred dollars, yeah. this is like, what are you? Doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Just just say that you're re-releasing the M6 for fifty five hundred dollars. Don't yeah. Say yeah. that it's accessible because there are this going to be misconstrued. Yeah. Which yeah. it did. The rollout was kind of like a little weird, but you know, as the dust settles, people are still going to buy it. Like, let's be honest. Right. Like, people will complain. For six months, but then they'll think about it. Yeah, think I've been about thinking it. about it. I've been like, what can I sell? Yeah, like you know what? I mean, I have so many cameras. I, I mean, I was just telling you, Timothy, yesterday. I yeah. was like, okay, yeah. like I don't need. I could tech, but then 
this is the other problem because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going through like, okay, I can let this go and then this go. And he's like, well, you can't let that go. And I was like, oh, you're right, I can't let that. <laughs> like, it's just, we, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. It's a, it's a very pretty camera. Oh it is God. nice to kind of like, beautiful. either like use it to death, like how yeah. you would with like any current M6 out there. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I'm kind of afraid of is uh, if the build quality is going to be the same because I haven't touched it yet, nor have yeah. I met someone who has used it yet. I I was spoke to like some of the uh, uh some like quote unquote old heads who have like used like yeah. a long time, mm-hmm. and they're nervous about the same thing. Where like like back then, uh, hypothetically speaking, we're more about the passive for photography, and this could be a money grab. I don't blame any company for going for a money grab. That's just how business works. But it might feel different. It might sound different. Yeah. Of course, it's like going to be very minute. To anybody who doesn't really care about that stuff but yeah. for you know for like fan people like us like we might see that or we might like feel that and we're like ah oh, it's not like the 92 version it's not like yeah. the da, 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 da. but yeah well it'll be interesting i, I do want to like try it out and see yeah what it feels like i'm i'm just excited because i mean for the the you know it's one of those things for the community the fact that a company is making a new film camera in 2022 mm-hmm. is very important also for people who want the experience of like buying a brand like we can buy a brand new m6 and like open it brand new yeah you know? that's like pretty crazy yeah that experience is going to be amazing for anybody who either jumps into the game like mm-hmm. new or even yeah. like people who have already owned an m6 they're like oh my gosh it's just like back when yeah or for someone like me i've never opened a mint m6 yeah. before it's, it's gonna be fun and yeah. also it also is promising that all the M6s that are currently out there will be able to be fixed because they're be making these parts again. Yes, that is very true. Although it is very interesting that Leica is putting down the hammer for right to repair. Like there's, they're going to stop uh, selling parts or allowing third party people to repair because oh, people in the community, true? yeah, it, 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 they uh, they're going to stop selling those parts. That doesn't to seem like YYE or DAG or whatever or whoever is repairing. Mm-hmm these cameras now and that kind of sucks because of the story that i shared with my video where like it took yeah. me six months and a thousand dollars to what repair a light leak is did, did you nuts. send it right to them yeah it was a rookie move i said <laughs> i sent yeah. it right to them and like this was during i think yeah this was during 2021 i think so it was still like kind of pandemic e around yeah, the yeah. world and uh things were a lot slower <laughs> as we yeah. all can remember yeah. or still now yeah. experience but yeah i hope you know they could um fix that repair time because six months without a camera is pretty nuts yeah whereas the third party guys they do it in like three weeks and it's still yeah. pretty good yeah. yeah it's hard to be without your camera for any amount of time i just send my m4 in when i first got it just because i don't know if i was having problems or i just wanted to get it cla'd because it was new to me you know and it took like th- two, two and a half three weeks and I, every day i was like checking like is it, it's back? Is <laughs> yeah. it back is it back is it back is it back um and i thought I was I was having issues with uh I thought it wasn't advancing but I think mm. I'm okay so I'm like man I'm gonna have to send it back again but no I think I'm good oh, so thankfully yeah, I, I won't hope, be without it I hope it's smooth yeah it's yeah. it's tough to send those babies back for repair Oof. I think my only take on the whole situation of the M6 just uh like they're handmade it's not a manufactured camera you know what mm-hmm. i mean right. and there's hundreds of parts in this thing and it, you know each piece has to be machined and and i feel like if like a did a camera that was 
I, I'm trying to think of what are, I, I think if they put a camera out at any price, if they put a camera out at $2,500, people would still be hooing and ha and over the price. Mm-hmm. And it's like when they have such like a brand, well, it's their branding. You know what I mean? It's a Leica. It's like they're meant to be, they're meant to be like your workhorse. Your, and I always looked at it too. Be, I, I remember what it was like to not have a Leica, you know what I mean? And then I went through a phase <laughs> of having time. two Leicas. <laughs> what a dark and, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just crazy. And and like what a proud moment it is when you yeah. can finally, yeah. you know, I think we all forget too. Like we could all probably afford Leicas if we weren't buying every other camera and every other new thing all the <laughs> yeah. time. Like we're like, well, mm. well, I'll get this and then maybe I'll get a Leica later. And it's like, no, nah, man, just save your money. Shoot that little that little camera that you have and stuff. Plus like Sony, Sony, whatever the heck they are. They're like six <laughs> yeah, yeah, Whatever the heck they are. <laughs> I don't even know. What, the, what are they? Sony ARS? Well, I don't shoot Sony, so I don't A7 know. It don't matter. A- you, you, can make it, you can make as many jokes as you want and I would support it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, those, you know, those are $5,000, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've paid a lot of money for digital gear, so. I'm still happy, again, that they're making new cameras and that, you know, it's, it's hope. It's, it's, and again, I, I've seen on other interviews and, and other talking points on the M6 that maybe this will, you know, spark the Nikons and the Canons to put mm-hmm. out a new SLR or a new rangefinder or heaven forbid, a new point and shoot camera. How crazy would that be to actually oh have? Oh, my a, God. That's oh, what, yeah. The, that would the be next of Olympus, like, start doing oh, that again. Dude, it would be insane. People would yeah. literally poop their pants if that happened. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if only, like, Mamiya was still around and didn't get like, solved by phase one. Uh-huh. Mamiya dying is, like... I mean, like I was there, like when it happened, but <laughs> it's so sad, like because I'm a huge fan of the cameras. Me too. Yeah. Me it's too. nuts. So it's like contacts could too. Come back, yeah, it's like contact. Contacts design is probably the best in the game. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And these cameras weren't cheap when they came out too. Oh I, no, yeah. I think I think we forget that that like yeah. we were picking up these in the dirt days of film photography. You know, we yeah. were grabbing these cameras and it's like, oh, I remember when I got my Contacts T2 for three hundred dollars. Yeah, everybody's, oh, yeah. it's everybody's favorite story to be like, oh, I paid twelve hundred dollars for my M6. I'm like, you yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember when uh, Adam from Film Objective told me that he bought two RZs for and and like a whole uh-huh. set of lenses for like 350 yeah uh, back when oh. he was in college oh. i think like bef- way before film objective started and i was just pissed because I, yep. I think I like dropped a, a good amount of money for mine. I forgot. I have the flip side of that. I sold my Mamiya uh, 645 AFD for $800. Mm. How much are they worth now? They were worth 4500 when I got it <gasps> brand new. It was for school. I, I for Part of our tuition was in enrollment. It was we had to get that camera because they had a deal with Mamiya back in oh 2004. Yeah. Everybody on the first day of school, we all opened our Mamiya, their Mamiya are, like, cameras together. And oh, I still remember so cool. crystal clear in my head. We threw all the, they threw like, throw your boxes in the, in the middle <laughs> of the, so we all like threw the boxes. Like, I don't know why, why don't we keep, why aren't we told to keep those? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I sold it for 800 and now those are like $2,500, I think. Oh, she cash, never sold so. another camera again after nope, that. <laughs> because I'm traumatized. <laughs> I hold on to everything. <laughs> Same. Uh, me too yeah so yeah i saw that you just uh you just put out a little book i know congratulations yes thank you thank you it was a it was a huge process of mostly imposter syndrome that i had to go through have you guys both pushed out your own zines and books 
Yeah, zines. Did I it, haven't gotten to the book period yet, but that's next. That's next. Did on imposter the list syndrome ever hit you guys like that hard mm. before? Actually, I would say definitely, and then and then almost to the point where like I didn't want to put it out. You know, you know, mm. I, same thing you went through. Actually, like you're like, okay, I made this thing. I'm like, is this even good though? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Like honestly, it's just yeah. like it, it just sneaks up on you and just like hits you over the head it's it's hard like what about you tim what was your process like well the last to go back the first two zines that i did i had really good feelings about them like i was kind of proud of the work and the the way they were pushed through the sec this last one that i did was kind of like a different take on stuff that normally I release black and white street photography Mm -hmm. portraits, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And this last book was color weird. Like it was just Mm -hmm. a totally different thing. And I, I had, it it wasn't so much an imposter syndrome. It was like, are people even going to like this? Cause like most people enjoy my black and white stuff and I'm doing something that's completely different. And Mm -hmm. I ended up really loving it. Like every time I'm digging in my junk drawer and I see uh, one of the copies that came when I like my test copies and I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like, why didn't I do this more? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like an acquired taste type thing. I think the longer you sit with it and kind of hang out with it, you kind of you you accept it and enjoy mm-hmm. it. The process. Yeah. Well, I have another question for you. Sorry, I don't mean to hijack your podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but if you both have either, I mean, if you both have like put out more than one photo book and more specifically like a photo book that was centered around people and centered around something that wasn't people focused, like say for example, landscapes or cityscapes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did you guys feel more imposter syndrome with the other? Like, was it easier to put out a, a portrait type book or was it easier to put out a cityscape landscape? Type? Like, what do you guys think? Mm. I was going to say it kind of goes back to like wedding albums, you know, Okay. like portrait books felt natural. I haven't put out a portrait book, but I've been really inspired by portrait books lately that if I ever I have a lot of things in my brain that I want to do before another zine. But I think a portrait book would be something that I want to try next. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say because my my one Zena is just about like my love for Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's not really any portraits in it, I don't think, or any p- pictures of people, maybe. But yeah, sorry, I got a little. Oh no worries. There. So like, so portraits <laughs> come a lot more naturally for you because yeah, it's because of your background or like your personality. So do you think that you would struggle more pushing a workout that comes? No, I naturally? probably would. I probably be more comfortable. I feel okay. like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm the complete opposite because really? I'm a huge <laughs> portrait person. Yeah, and this book was extremely hard for me to put out. But here's the thing: it's like I was thinking about the couple. And like, cause we just had a baby nine months ago. And if I oh, yeah, had that's that, right. mm-hmm. like if somebody did that for me, I mean, they're like the two, two luckiest people that had that experience with you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I love you know, that you're story. Not, you're like, no, no, no. Like, I, no, I accept that. <laughs> I accept that. But like, but like, I just kept forgetting like the vision or like the mm-hmm. reason why I was doing it, it was for them. But mm-hmm. like creative wise, I'm like, uh, is this even good enough to give to them? Because they mean so much to me. Mm-hmm. And this is like their uh story in their life and in in any documentary you could you could mess up in like telling a story you could like make them seem like completely off from like what Mm. actually happened and i was afraid that i was going to misrepresent them 
or right. artistically like just botch the whole thing where people would be like, why the heck do they look like this? Or like, why did you make that creative decision? Or the, the composition is making it way, look way more dramatic than it really was. Mm. All these questions like came into my head. But Tim, let's get back to you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm such a weird photography has never been my like bread and butter. You know what I mean? So oh. I don't ever have to look at it that way. I'm just kind of like if I snag some portraits or if I'm feeling kind of frisky and want to go do some portraits <laughs> one day, you know, there's no there's no like pressure of of whatever happens kind of happens. And I feel like that lends so well to it. You know, I remember the last senior portrait. I did try to do it. You know, I dipped my toes into like doing paid work and stuff in my last senior portrait session. That mm. was it. Like, I was just like, this is terrible. <laughs> like. Telling a, a a person, sorry if you're listening. I I don't mean that you were terrible. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> like just I you know working with people that aren't models and or just no concept of you know how light should hit them and stuff like that. It, it's just so stressful, and I'm such a like a yes man that it's so hard. I'll just take what I can get. And that's not what you need to be when you're a professional mm. photographer. You need to grab it and and make yeah. it happen, you know? And I'm just a, well, I guess that's good enough. All right. Thank you. You know? And mm. so that's why I love, you know, street portraits or working with friends. Like the portrait stuff that I've done have has always felt like really good. And I mean, as in like non-paid, hanging out, just trying to make art you know, portraits yeah. and like love that stuff. And maybe if work kind of felt more like that, I would be a little more mm -hmm. into it and not so caged up. But, you know, I just have to do more of it. Like I, I have say, to say you have to do more of it and you also have to like present it as not a traditional like a lot of people say, I'm, I'm not if you're looking for this, yeah. that's not me. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And like approach a portrait session like you like you would like a street. Yeah portrait mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. that'd be yeah. really cool actually timothy I think you should and that's do that. how like like the stuff with the contortionist girl that i've done mm -hmm. I, I went at it as a like a like a rock show you know i was running around her getting crazy angles laying yeah. on the floor going underneath her like <laughs> like that stuff i'm into the whole tripod strobes you know beep and <laughs> it's done like that's just not I, I i'm not getting anything out mm -hmm. of that you know what i mean like i need to be physical with my stuff mm -hmm. so putting out like a landscapey or i always call my like depressing house photos <laughs> and stuff like that it's like the you know moody sky mm -hmm. dark lit one light on you know like that's usually what i end up doing because i don't see that many people since i've moved where i can shoot them all the time you know so mm -hmm. i'm i'm trying to we've kind of been flushing out what I want to do with my photography on this show throughout the last couple months, I feel like, of where now I want to, I've been talking with a lot of like old friends of doing kind of like family photography, but like my style of doing it, like yeah. catching them in like a cool aspect yeah. or, or like running around and not your traditional, you know, sitting on your steps on the front porch, holding your baby kind of like, no, let's throw the baby in the air and let me take some shots of it or something like that. <laughs> Are you up for that idea? After, yeah, it's like, is it going to be me, yeah. the first one? Come on, Ben. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> now, Timothy, I really think you should take, you need to take a trip to New York. Ooh, and, like, you do some street photography out there. Yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. you're so close and like we've seen the Tennessee stuff, I would mm -hmm. love to see your like New York street photography. Yeah, I need to just go bro it down for a couple yeah. weeks and... After after the holiday season, I'm I'm cooking something up. I want to get yeah. back out to you guys in LA, and I want to go yeah. up and, For sure. and hang out with like Polly B and all oh, them yeah, and stuff yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, this is fun. I never get to talk about myself. Oh, I this love reciprocating the energy. Thanks for uh, letting me ask uh, the questions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now that you have your first book in the bank, is the imposter syndrome over? Are you ready to be like, okay, I'm going to do this a completely different way. I'm going to do a completely different zine. Or you're like, nah, oh, great I question. I am uh, ready. Wow. That did not sound confident at all. <laughs> I'm very ready to push out my second book. It's just a matter of uh, curating it. So I, yeah. I think mm. I see kind of like my photo book path, at least like from the point of recording now, at the time of recording, I mean, is um, I see kind of like how album artists or music artists kind of like list out or map out their discography. So like for yeah. someone like... Yeah. Taylor Swift, for example, a lot of like her discography is like following her like maturity in life or, or her experiences in her like love life. Yeah. For other people, it follows like either like the world, uh, kind of like Kendrick Lamar, like when he was like kind of expressing like his his thoughts about uh, battling with fame and then becoming a leader in his community and then now like dealing with like things that he learned in therapy and stuff like that. So I kind of like see my mapping of my, I guess, printed work as like a music discography because music has a huge influence on my life yeah, and uh, in mm-hmm. my photography. So I would see this like one of one photo book that I made for my friends. as kind of like my free project that like I would share with people to kind of like mm-hmm. get rid of the, yeah, imposter syndrome, the nerves about making a first photo book, because I think all of us can like relate with, oh my gosh, it's our first project. It has to be extremely good. There's so much pressure. Like this is the first mm-hmm. published mm-hmm. piece of work of my thoughts, feelings, and expression that's going to be consumed by someone physically. So I've got to make it all this stuff and whatever. So like now that I got that out of the way, now I can like feel freer, lighter to create how I want. And the second one is going to be about a lot of the groups of people that I've met uh, overseas, like in a project that I'm working on right now. It's it's still like in the realm, more so in the realm of uh, documentary photography, which I love because it combines my love for people, which is my first art form, I would say, and it combines yeah. photography, which is my second art form. But photography always serves as a great vehicle to meet people. And the way that I'm seeing it right now is, and, and like I'll, I'll express this more in a later work of art, is my vocabulary is getting a lot worse with each passing year. And I've noticed that. Like I used to be a really smooth speaker, more like huh. SAT filled, yeah. like more intellectual, oh, thought provoking, uh, converse, conversational person. But as the years went on, when I devoted a lot more energy into becoming an artist in photography, I become a worse speaker. So I used to be a lot more talkative in group settings, but now I listen a lot more. And it has helped a lot in context of being an artist, but also being a better friend or a better partner. If someone were to ask me what I thought about certain issues, I've become a lot worse in expressing it because I'm still processing or I've become a, a slower processor in what I'm observing now. So photo- so all that to say, sorry, this, this might be long-winded. No, no, this is very interesting. Photo- as my photography skills have grown, that has been my way of speaking and listening. So if I were to hang out with you two in the room right now, I wouldn't take out my camera for the first yeah. 30 to 45 minutes, even if you look splendid in lighting or splendid in the setting, I would huh. let it go. E- even though if it hurts me so much, Whoa. I'm like, damn, that would have been a good photo, but whatever, yeah. it's okay. Um, because <laughs> yeah. if I start photographing you from what I deem to be too early, that's just me talking at you. And we all have experience of, huh. we've all had bad experiences with like, people who just talk at you. Like they're not interested in listening to you at all. So all right. if I'm like yep. starting to shoot in what I feel like to be too early, that's what it would feel like to me. 
But after like maybe 45 minutes where like I feel like I've gotten to know you more, I've asked you questions about who you are because I'm genuinely interested in you, not because I want to like establish rapport or anything. Then I start holding my camera like next to my face because I know my zones, I know my settings, everything. And then I just fire away like either uh, underneath my chin or next to my face. I don't obstruct my face at all. Mm. And that's when my good photographs happen. And that's how I start speaking. And that's how I start listening with the world. So my vocabulary has gone a lot worse, but my conversations through photography has gone so much better. And you can see that in my work, or actually I can see that in my work. I don't know if anybody else can see that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a strange process because I sometimes feel like I come off very unintellectual in certain contexts and mm. I don't I get asked many questions anymore, which is fine. That's fine. Like I like listening to people. But when it comes to the moment of speaking, to the moment of listening, it's usually done through a camera. And then you see my body of work. And the way that I would tell it is this is how I'm listening to you do this. Wow. Yeah, that's very cool. I was just thinking when you were you were saying that, like, I'm a very shy person. So when I have my camera, you know, if I'm job that I've booked, and I have to like go, mm-hmm. you know, do the job. It's more comfortable for you to start off with like, OK, and then just start shooting and like talking with yeah. the camera here mm-hmm. in front of me because it's like a per, like a protection. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to start with like, oh, like, let's talk first. I think I would get more nervous knowing I had to like oh, do yeah. that part mm-hmm. first, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's like super interesting that you start with that. Which, I mean, probably makes for better photographs. But I've missed opportunities. <laughs> you know? Countless opportunities to photograph someone in yeah. a very interesting yeah. way. And yeah, like yeah. I can still remember certain frames that I was like, I should have taken the photo. Maybe they wouldn't have minded if I did. But looking back mm. on every single experience I've had in, in like either like small doc projects or the bigger ones I'm working on right now, it was worth it to miss those shots because the ones that I ended wow. up getting were still fantastic. It's it's kind of weird how that has like Man. worked with me. I used to be a, an extremely gregarious person, but now I'm a lot quieter in a different way, mm. in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool because coming from like a documentary side, it is so easy to just start firing off yep. right away yeah. and not, not really getting your bearings on stuff. Like that's just one thing I really want to, I, I want to find a, a long-term project. You know, since leaving Franklin, I left one really long-term project behind oh, and tough, I'm, yeah. I'm ready to start kind of sifting mm-hmm. through that yeah. and finding what the story is that I, that I want to tell with that work. And I, I don't know what the new story is going to be. So, and I like that approach. I like kind of just going in and, you know, sitting down and, and, and introduce, I mean, it's, it's kind of like when we, before we hit record on this podcast, we usually like to kind of sit down and introduce the show and stuff and not just like, all right, Hey, you know, like we're ready to go. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. There's such a, a, there just to kind of loosen up and, and let go. And, and, and you can usually hear too, a lot of our episodes where, you know, 30 minutes, it's in things really start to open yeah, yeah, up yeah. And, right. and and like, like yeah now. Like now exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just neat yeah it's a it's a really good idea i think i i need to practice that as well i feel like at least for my speaking from personal experiences that uh, just like having a sense of a uh, like a very strong sense of identity and like who you are actually like helps the greatest work mm. of art come out of you because i personally have uh, participated in, you know, following trends through Instagram or following like this person who mm. I extremely admire. And oh. then like, after I've kind of like thrown away a lot of like the chasing and like, kind of like uh, letting um, my identity kind of like seep out through my work. That's what has yeah. allowed me to kind of turn into the person that I am 
now where I find it extremely fascinating to hear about other people, especially like you two, like in this moment right now, like I have so many questions that I want to ask you, but I don't know if we have enough time for that. And it is your <laughs> podcast, so I can't really do that. But still, like, it's, it's just, it's just like, this is what I truly enjoy. It's, I used to like love, you know, the whole chasing the light type thing. But now it's like really yeah. getting to know people because that is my number one art form, which is conversing with people. I think yeah. people are extremely interesting. People have been constantly ignored and they don't even get the typical, how are you anymore? Wow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, anywhere you go, like whether it's like a doctor's office or where I don't know where I was the other day, but like everybody, like even on set, like when I'm on set, like people, when it's light is changing or whatever, everybody's just like boop yep. into their phone. And like back in the day, you had to talk to each other, Yeah, you know, yep. like you yep. had to. And like, I'm sure you made mo a lot more friends. Like people made a lot of friends because their heads were up and they were like, oh, like, oh, I love your outfit. Mm -hmm. Or like, I love like, what book is that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I read that. Don't you love like, I feel like that is like non-existent anymore. And it's like, Really it's, it's a lot harder to come uh, by yeah. that type of experience it is and for somebody like me who's shy it makes it harder if somebody's oh, not yeah. is, is not mm -hmm. like open like i would love to you know i've I sort of have like tried to because that irks me so much i've tried to be like oh like how's your day going with somebody's heads down you know and they whoop, pop right up like oh pretty good actually or whatever you know like there are so many unheard groups of people out there like i just came back from a really big uh, outing um out in africa can you talk about it yet i can't no? talk about too many details ah. of it sorry <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. the earliest that i will hear back about it is in january so we we okay. might be okay. able okay. to okay. revisit that like when that comes hopefully yeah, yeah. you know like if, if if it doesn't come out yeah, then yeah, you'll yeah. actually never hear about it but but like there are there are certain groups of people who um have experienced like you know people teams of people uh showing up on their front doorstep and a lot of charity work is done and then the charity people just leave and it's yeah. you know that's a huge problem in my opinion but through my experience like in, in the way that i kind of operate uh, i literally kind of like pulled them aside away from the crowd and i'm just asking like oh like tell me about this like this is fascinating and yeah. uh yeah the way that they respond is so interesting because it seems like they've never been asked to talk about themselves wow. yeah. because there was this one guy who i met in I think it was uh, Luteritz in Namibia, and uh, he was uh, running a. Okay, now I'm talking about details, but like he's 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 running a very very like makeshift community farm next to a sewage treatment plant, and uh, he has a huge story about why he did it. But when I asked him about it, when I pulled him aside, he just kept going. And sometimes people are yeah. very like, okay, like please stop talking. But I was just like, wow, this is nuts. He was yeah. extremely passionate, and the thing that he said that uh, still rings or like strikes a uh, what. Strikes a chord? Strikes, it, it resonates with me. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. It resonates with me to yeah. this day. There you go. Is, um, he said, I want this, meaning the farm and what he's doing, I want this to be the clearest example of someone who knows what they want to do in this life. And that was like mm. a great reminder of, I guess, like artists or anybody in general. Like, do yeah. people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, you, do I even know what I want to do? Do I know what I'm about? Do I, I, I have a strong sense of identity and I feel like I could say yes to all those things. But yeah. for all of us artists, like we constantly struggle with, yeah, imposter syndrome that make, kind of make, that makes us make unnecessary micro adjustments or whatever. But like for that right. guy, he knew what he was going to do. He knew he's going to do this yeah. for years yeah, and it's going to be a very clear image. So I want my arts to be the same thing, to allow people to speak, to allow people to talk about things that nobody has ever asked them. And so kind of, I guess that could be my gift to the world is like, hey, go speak. I want to yeah. listen. I want to listen. 
Now, with with your listening, are you journaling or like mm. recording this, Good or question. are you just kind of soaking it in in the memory, or what? What's your more, what's your method of that? More so the latter. Uh, more so the latter, kind of soaking it in and remembering it to be, and hopefully I could get a photo that could help me remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah. photos are huge, obviously tools to remember. So is music. So I try to make like playlists for like different uh times of my life that would help me remember that thing oh, cool. i wish oh, i always yeah, had an audio recorder great. on me but uh i'm not good with you audio do. your phone well, okay my your phone, phone could be one for oh, actually yeah duh. totally <laughs> so, yeah so i'll start <laughs> doing that but uh yeah, yeah. i only bring that up because i i recently was like because speaking of music adele her album where she's like in one of her sad songs you, you hear her voice memo like a little diary of like how she's feeling and i was like oh i should have done that like during my pregnancy or like yeah. literally anytime now because my son is here yeah. you know but anyway absolutely i feel like that's a oh yeah that's a great thing that we could all do for sure yeah i think about that a lot because yeah. i i always get picked on at work because <laughs> i let the customers that come in like i work at a music store everybody there's so many walks of life that come into this place there's been some customers that have come in where i've talked to them for like an hour an hour and a half and just let them some people like you were saying just want to talk they want to be yeah. heard they don't get they don't get to talk or be heard Especially the- older generation mm-hmm. yeah and it, it it usually is it's definitely like there and they have some of the greatest stories and i feed off of that and they always laugh at me they're like oh man you got stuck in that one and it's yeah. like well no man i was <laughs> like for that guy told me he you know fought in the korean war and then he went to yeah. vietnam and then he went to this and he went to that and he did this and now he's doing that i was like how interesting is that and we always see him come in here he buys the same pack of strings uh-huh. for his guitar and he leaves and he never says anything mm-hmm. and it's like we always wonder because he's wearing like you know a veteran's hat or a this or a you know, there's just I don't you know. Get a portrait of him, Timothy. Yeah. See, that's that's <laughs> next too, because I I I don't know where maybe who I was talking to about this. Like at my old job, I would I was like shoving my camera in my coworker's face all the time. Like I always yeah. had like an like an Olympus Epic in my back pocket, or I had. I mean, I'm even setting up my four by five in the middle of the kitchen, and people are like, "Tim, like stop doing this, <laughs> like get out of here." <laughs> and and like now with this job, I like lost my courage of that or Mm. something like something happened where you know i'll grab some cell phone shots or something like that but i still lug a bag that weighs 57 pounds with four cameras in it to work with me every day because that's just who i am and like i I really got to gain that courage again of pulling out my camera and there's this guy kevin coolman or cool anyway there's this guy that comes in and he's a real character plays in the dirty bar circuit has lived (laughs) a lifetime like just looks like like poison and motley crew his favorite (laughs) band (laughs) and like i why have i not taken he looks amazing like he is the pinnacle of rock and roll. And it's funny because we're in a town of 5,000 people in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't know. I need to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so the thing about this next project, yeah, is going to be mm. a whole anthology of a lot of uh, the people that I've met across like the world. And I've never thought I would have an opportunity like this. I think that it's been a huge blessing to one be able to like see different places see different people all that stuff yeah but it's kind of like allowing me to but basically what i'm trying to say is everything that we will learn from like other people whether it's through a conversation or through Mm -hmm. the way that they act definitely like leaves an imprint on us one and everybody knows that but two for myself Mm -hmm. personally it's making me a better photographer and artist because of 
it, it improves my listening skills and my participation in kind of honoring different cultures. So for one example, one person tried to teach me their language up in Norway. It, it was it's the Sami people, and I will be revisiting them uh, in the winter. Wow. Uh, they are culturally no, yes, they are originally Mongolian people who have traveled up to Norway during the Ice Age because everything used to be one landmass. So when I saw them for the yeah. first time, yeah. I was like, oh my God, you look Asian. This is, this is insane. Like, what are you doing yeah. up here? So like, it, was, it was interesting. And and when they were kind of like uh, teaching me their language, I tried my hardest. And I will say that I botched wow. the language, one. But two, like just to see how much um, a stranger's effort can mean to someone is, is like an irreplaceable thing. So mm-hmm. Chris, if I were to meet you in real life, in person and i were to like ask you about your family obviously we like speak the same Mm -hmm. language but like i would love to just like hear about everything of like how you got into what you did how you started this podcast Mm -hmm. what you want to do all this other stuff and that is like an application of like what i'm learning through all of my pursuits of like just listening to people just just listening just let them go just let them let them speak and 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 all this stuff Mm -hmm. is is a is a cult this whole project is a culmination of like how i'm listening but the thing that will kind of be present as a theme is there is no uh, there, there is no lesson that i'm trying to teach here there is no lesson that those are the greatest music albums that i've listened to were at the ends mm. of a concept or were at the end of like some musical journey this person doesn't really teach anything they're just saying they're lost in this world as well and they're still struggling with different things and oh, for wow. me i've seen galleries and photo books where the photographer is trying to say like all right, this is my journey from point A. This is my journey to point B. And this is what we should do with the world. And yes, there are great photographers who can do that. There are great speakers who can do that. But for myself in the stage of my life right now, I I don't know what I want to be like telling in in a lesson or educational. I don't know. Yeah. Because I know as someone who is in his mid 20s, I'm 26. I have so much Mm -hmm. to figure out that I feel like I don't have a position or a platform to say, this is what we need to do. This is what right. has to be done. Like when you see these right. photos, we got to we got to do something. It's like for me, you will see like in the body of work when it does come out that you can tell that I'm just here experiencing it. But it's wow. so much to like process that I I don't know what to do. And I think that is a very human experience that some yeah. people are actually refusing to experience because everybody wants to seem like they know about everything mm, right. and that they have an answer right. for everything. But my favorite musical artist that I've kind of adopted again is the ones who have admitted that they have no solution. This is what I'm right. experiencing in my life. And this is what I'm sharing. So take it, take it and interpret it as you will. And that's kind of like how I'm approaching my next big project that will be coming out hopefully next year. Amazing. Beautiful. Well, we will definitely be hoping it all you know falls into yeah, place fingers, for you because it sounds amazing. Crossed. It also sounds like you should maybe have a, a, some sort of chat show <laughs> interview type pod. I'm serious. I'm no, I'm serious. So and I don't, you no, know, no, no. I mean, mm. whether it's on your channel or or if it's like, even if it's just like, you know, kind of like former guest Sissy does, she'll ask like people that she mm-hmm. photographs like okay well, what's your one piece of advice you would give somebody or like even something like that where yeah, like you, that's you a know great you make idea. work with these people but then you're mm-hmm. like okay and i want to set up a mic and i want to talk and i want to listen yeah yeah i would be down to, to watch that <laughs> but yeah i, I think <laughs> i should start incorporating something like that a little yeah. bit of a little bit of that that would be a, a fantastic element to involve but yeah again as you as all the listeners can tell i my vocabulary is very bad I'm not that smooth of a speaker. So 
they'll probably say like, this no, is, you're doing you're, great. You're selling yourself. Like, I short. don't yeah. think so. I, I, I speak in run on sentences. There is no punctuation in my we thought. We all do. Oh, all some do. people are like very eloquent. And like when I like watch either their YouTube videos or listen to their podcast, I'm like, these are complete mm. thoughts. These are declarative sentences with a little bit of in, interrogative, like, you know, structure. But for me, I'm just mm. like, and this is what I feel like. He's talking too fast. You got this. Thanks. Yeah, you got this. Okay, aside from the pro- that project, mm-hmm. where do you see the the channel going? Mm-hmm. Is is are you gonna keep it kind of on the same path? Do you have any like ideas for that, or do you have any? Yeah. What can yeah, you talk to us oh, about? Yeah, well, this I could reveal for sure. But uh, I mean, like the the path that I'm on right now is I'm just trying to cross the 100k. You know, you know, get that plaque. You know, the, yep. the great. Yep. Achievement so of every uh, yeah, I'm You're super so close. close, but it's a snail uh-huh. race and it sucks. So yeah. Um, yeah. what I'm like just planning to do is still like trying to like uh, get better at street photography, maybe like uh, share some tips about mm-hmm. that, do some really goofy like gear reviews. There is one video that I'm working on right now. It's called the Nine Types of Film Photographers, and that was that's going to be <laughs> yes. that's going to be a huge huge undertaking. It's going to be an extremely short video. It might be like two two and a half minutes long. Just exploring uh-huh. the nine types that I've observed, but it's going to be like a comedic jab to the community. Yeah, I can't wait to be like, well, we I'm, need number five. <laughs> yeah. I'm number five. And I think, <laughs> yep, yep, and I think yep. like it'll it'll be like good because sometimes the film community we we can be a little corny, we can be a little goofy in our uh-huh. own ways, but some people are a little bit sensitive to being made fun of. So I'm just like, come on, we gotta laugh at ourselves. Yeah. So that's one totally. video I want to uh, put out. Another one that I want to put out is. Um, yeah, like more like reviews of like more obscure Leica stuff because I'm a huge Leica fanboy. So that'll be yeah, fun. Yeah, An yeah, M5 yeah. review is on the way. That's going to be a fun <laughs> one. Yes. Flash fast forward to when you're like, okay, so I got the M6 and the new M6. Like, what <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I, I still want to do that. But eventually it'll uh, start to show more of my doc work and process. Because mm-hmm. I, I definitely like want to yeah. like be more in that zone, like almost like all encompassing yeah, yeah, yeah. everything that I do. As I'm excited stuff. for that. So that'll be cool. Yeah. And cool. Um, the third big project, or the okay, so the 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 book is my next big project. The one after that is going to be all about scale. So like I'm going to be working on like a lot of huge hundred to thousand person like projects that'll be like really fun wow. to do because this is like. Uh, ramping up to again, like trying to still get closer to the unity of photography and people. And I feel like LA is a great place to do it because one, there are fantastic people in the industry that can make ideas come to life. Mm-hmm. That is an absolute yep. fact. Uh, two, there's a lot of space to do a lot of creative work in, in New York. You could do it, but it is a little crowded. I will, I will say that much. Same in the yeah. Bay. So LA has a lot of space to do that. And uh, three, I think that there are just cool people in this town to collaborate with to make this happen because obviously one person can't do everything, even though we all try to. But yeah, that'll yeah. that'll be a huge thing that I'll also show on the channel as well because I think it, it could it could be a cool thing to show. Yeah. Amazing. Man, excited. Yeah. For that. So it's a yeah, whole hodgepodge full of thing. It's not gonna follow one theme because that's that's just who I am. I can't do one thing for too long. I love that though. That's good though. Keeps you gotta, it interesting. Yeah, exactly. you gotta spice it up. We'll be right back with a listener question for Chris right after this message from our sponsor. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at just wanted to pop in here quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only Develop and Hang Nights. Now, we've done a bunch of these already. We develop some film. We talk shop. We have fun. We also try to get a former guest for these. So, again, if that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Patreon is the best way to support the show. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Alex.35millimeter underscore. I just wanted to make sure I got that in there. And they wanted to know if you could shoot alongside another street photographer from the past, mm. who would it be? This question. Oh, that's a, that is <laughs> interesting. You know, the, the reason why it's interesting to me is because a lot of the greats, they shot alone. So to have someone next, or a lot of street photographers, so true. Oh. Yep. Yeah, they, yep. they love to be yeah, alone yeah, because yeah. you know it, they they move at their own pace. But if I were to pick right. one, I mean he's still alive, Bruce Gilden. That guy is oh, one of the oh, most legend. interesting personality wise and artistic wise. One of the I don't think I know him. Okay, so to give you like kind of like the out. nutshell of like what most people know him as is he's a huge dude out in New York who goes up yeah. super close to people and blasts them with a flash while... Oh, wait, flash. no, I yeah, do yeah, know him. Yeah. I do yeah. know and, and the person, <laughs> I was going to say, you know who he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah a yeah, lot yeah. of people know who Bruce Gilman is. And the first impression that he gives off is, yeah, he's kind of a... Oh, he's a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so yeah. that's the yeah. first impression yeah. Yeah. that um, most people get. But if you like start to study his work, a lot of... Uh, uh, I think his book is called Lost and Found. I could be wrong, and a lot of people are going to kill me for that. But um, in his book, there's actually a lot of photos that don't exhibit like being in your face with a flash he is like in your face with the camera but one thing that most people don't understand is that bruce gilden spends an incredible amount of time with certain groups of people on different corners or like different neighborhoods and stuff like that so they yeah. know him yep. yep he's not just like a stranger mm, yeah. or like some kind of like outsider that is going in interrupting making ripples splashing the scene and be like all right i got my photos i'm out like he's he's like really right, outside right, right, like right. that so if i were to like kind of be around him how he talks to people and like how he yeah. obviously photographs people that would be a huge honor but i feel like i'm not like his type of friend like i might be like too like soft <laughs> and he'll be like you gotta yeah. get up and people you gotta talk to people man because i'm like i hate it when people yeah, make eye contact yeah. with me like all oh, this anxiety and he'll probably just like yell at me and then i would like cry but bruce gilden is like a fascinating it's hard his work is yeah. so inspiring to me he really yeah, knows yeah, how yeah. to um really knows how to photograph emotion and honest human expression in my opinion i mean right. there it's insanity like some of the photos that he gets and like, i was just looking i was uh, like oh yeah he is like i think it's the, grill. oh 100 uh, and like you said there is a lot of his work that's not as you know abrasive mm -hmm. as that but it's still like i think it's the coney island like beach area oh, yeah. mm -hmm. there's like a bunch of stuff that he's done on there and it's just some of the most phenomenal you know it's just like everyday people the normal people it's like he kind of gives them a voice and it's like the people 
that we all see all the time. Yep. Like it's it's just amazing. It's amazing work. Mm-hmm. I get how people can be upset about it because it oh, really yeah. is like a flash in your face yeah. or yeah. he is looking for the kind of extreme angle. And again, like you said, it's the people he's like talked to and, and like lived with yeah. his whole life. Mm-hmm. Like he's got that right. Good answer. Thanks. Yeah. Great answer. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Oh man. So this is the two part camera question mm-hmm. that everybody just loves so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on my shirt. Yep. Yep. It is. Oh. The desert oh, island. On an island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so part one of the two part question is the, the one camera that you can't live without. It's your desert island, ride or die. What will it be and why? I think a lot of people would assume that it would be my M6. I own mm-hmm. two of them because I'm a dork Whoa. Uh, and I love different variations of things that I love. So like shoes and cameras. About to be three. About, About to, be, to three. be three. Gonna get but that new one. the favorite <laughs> camera that I cannot drop for the life of me is the RZ67. That is my favorite yeah, camera yeah, yeah, of yeah, all yeah. time. I am a portrait first photographer. I always explains that my street photography is kind of like as if you let a portrait photographer out in the jungle and that is what he got. Like that yeah. is how I would describe my style. So the RZ is the perfect machine for that. It has um, given me the best type of work, not because of like the image quality, although fantastic for Mamiya. Oh, it's, it's just because of like yeah. how people react to not having a face behind a gigantic camera because like I'm looking over it. So they look right. like they, they're just looking into an inanimate object so they don't feel intimidated. So I make great work with that. The RZ is always yeah. going to be like in my arsenal if I were to sell everything or be on an island. <laughs> Man. That's good. Yeah. You know, I, I was just saying, on the, I, I just did a portrait session for a friend of mine. He's a musician. And I, I brought my RB out like for the really for the first time to like yeah. on a shoot. And I was like, Woo! <laughs> it's great, right? <laughs> this is a whole different mm-hmm. thing. Whole different it's game. Because so I don't ever really, that, that's the only six, seven camera I have. You don't have, oh, I thought you had a Pentax. No? No, it's my Pentax 645. Oh, Pentax 6-4-5. Okay. Yeah. So yep. I understand yes, the hype. Yes. It's great <laughs> answer. A legendary camera. Yep. So part two is the white whale. Is there anything that uh, you've always wanted to shoot or own and or maybe you did shoot and you just like it's like you're obsessing over it. You want one. You need one. You have to have it. It's, uh, what what's that going to be? Oh, that is a great question. I don't think I've thought of that in a while. I, that's a good thing. Yeah, 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 yeah that's a good, a good thing. thing. You're not yeah. tortured. <laughs> uh, I, I think there was a phase where I wanted to, wanted to get the MP because I shot it in the light mm. storm. Like, whoa, this feels oh. different. And like to most people, it's like, it's yeah. just not, it's the same as your M6. Which like a store, did you? Uh, the LA one. The, oh, I don't want to go there, man. Let me, yeah. <laughs> let me play you with have, it. They have an MP and an MA. The MA also feels very different. It feels extremely Dude, the snappy. Is- Mm, Super the like snappy. The M3. It's basically like a fancy M3 with yeah, all the frame lines. Exactly, so, uh, exactly. It's it's fantastic. Mm. Uh, but I won't say that my white whale is either of them. I think my white whale now, in regards to the scale project that I was telling you about, is is a sham. Uh, what's it called? It's something. It's an eight by ten camera. But I'm looking yeah. at Chamonix. Chamonix. Yeah, yeah. Chamonix. Chamonix. Yeah. Eight by ten. Like that is something that I've been like looking at. But I'm like, oh my god, it's so expensive. And I'm like, and the film is and so the expensive. film is so expensive. And that is like all of us who before we buy, we're like, why is it? Why is it so expensive? And like in my mind, I'm like, there's like mm-hmm. hardly any mechanics in it. It's literally a box and bellows and a ground glass. Yeah. But but there's something about it. That people really like, and the eight by ten would be a is. fantastic yeah. tool for that project that I mentioned. It'd be super Ooh. cool to get like either individuals or group stuff, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. that eight by ten is. Ooh. 
but like it'll take some time like mm. I, I can easily yeah, yeah, yeah. wait on that easily i could see that doing some wonders for that for that work though too because mm-hmm. there's just something about shooting large format especially eight by ten that is it's the real deal i mean yeah. when you're whipping out an eight by ten you're spending that money you're doing all the you know it's like yeah. This guy's this guy is serious when they <laughs> <laughs> as if as if like uh, the perception of someone even holding an RZ or a Leica, they're like, oh, this guy's serious. Like when you whip out the eight by ten, like, oh no, he's really yeah. serious. <laughs> <laughs> that dude is definitely living it. outside of his car or living out of his car. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's yep. serious. Yeah, <laughs> Selling a kidney and a yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, great answers. Great yeah, answers. Cool. Well, Chris, this has been fantastic. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm so glad we got you finally scheduling what all worked out and we were able to, to get you on the show. It's been awesome. Oh my gosh. It has been an absolute honor to speak with you too. Have fun. Like, you know, like kind of like get yeah. into, get into our bag about why we do what we do and what we're currently Love up it. to. Yeah. It's, it was an amazing conversation. I loved it. Awesome. Mm. Where can everybody check out the channel? Are you on, what's your Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, Plug yourself. Of course. Uh, so you can look me up on YouTube, uh, Chris Chu. My last name is C-H-U. And uh, my Instagram is who's Chris Chu, W-H-O-S, Chris, C-H-U. Find me on Instagram <laughs> there. Uh, I also have a Twitter, but I don't really use it because Twitter is a mm. horrible place to be. And uh, it's, yeah. it's just getting <laughs> even scary. more, it's getting even more swampy by the minute. So I'm not really mm-hmm. on there, but you can find my handle. Everybody's got a blue well. check mark. Everybody's got a blue check mark. You got a blue check mark. I know. That's so, that, was, that was so dumb, but I think they pulled that back like the other day. Yeah. yeah. So dumb. So, so dumb. Mm-hmm. Anywho, yeah. that's where you can find me. Awesome. Cool. Timothy, where are you? Guys, I'm on all the things, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, I think. Uh, yeah, just go. It's at Timothy Makeups. I have a bunch of stuff there. I also have some like old archived YouTube film photography related yeah. YouTube videos. Yeah. Just go to the search OG. bar, type in Timothy Makeups. You'll find a bunch of my stuff there. Chris, where are you? So I am Chris B Photo on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Granary, all the <laughs> oh, things. Oh, Granary. All yeah. yeah, Chris yeah. B. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. And we are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter and Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. Chris. Thank you, thank you, thank Woo. you. It was a pleasure. This Shout out to you two for making this happen. It was fantastic. Amazing. Loved it. All right, guys. We'll we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. First off, Chris and I would like to thank Chris Chu for coming on the show. We love what you're doing. We totally enjoy your YouTube channel. We love nerding out about Leicas. Just an all-around great episode, and we love what you're doing. We can't wait to see what the future holds for you, and again, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show. Guys, it's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For only a buck, you can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon-only develop and hang nights. We have a bunch of stuff in the archives there so again thanks to all the patreons that already helped support the show patreon.com slash analog talk that's going to be it for this week's episode guys we will see you next week with an all-new episode later when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply